A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Warm, Luke Owen, the guy I screwed <laughs> in last night's Quizzlemania. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? Obviously, quite gleeful that uh, I really like when you go back and you rewatch it. What you did is you just buzzed in first when you didn't have an answer to stop other people buzzing in. No, no, no. Not to stop other people buzzing in. I, th- I would have loved if the wonderful Matt Raywalt, Aiden English in WWE, what a lovely guy. I would have loved it so if he lovely. buzzed in. I didn't mm-hmm. want you to buzz in because spoilers for, well, not, not full spoilers, but there was a scenario where Luke almost, he ha- he was in a winning position. Oh, yeah. On last well, night's WrestleMania. And I think about it now, like, it's fine that I didn't win. Like these things happen. And, and I know like, you know, there are people who are beating themselves up because they were like, I don't think I should be here. They probably should be though. Um, but I mean, it all came down to slow chemical. Like, because you jabronis uh, didn't, couldn't hear my mastery, like my brilliance, there were no points to be had. I probably, probably also could have got some points if you'd been better at uh, knowing how to do Batista's theme. You bank hostiling with Chris. You bank, but you can hear it now, right? I'm not going. Mad. No, I'm still, no, because I'm still hearing corn beef. Come on and get your corn beef. My lady partner took me to task this morning. <laughs> she was like, "You were being so loud," and I, you know, we, we record for about two hours. I didn't know which bit specifically she was talking about. And she said, and it was more annoying because you were doing really well for about an hour, 10 minutes where you weren't making that much noise. And it was like a normal phone call conversation through a wall. But something happened where you got really excited and kept saying the same thing over and over (laughs) again. I was like, did it sound like hosteling with Chris Eubank? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, I, I had the same thing. Like, my wife basically, I, I was on the, the full stream, so I didn't go to bed until like midnight. 
And when I woke up this morning, my wife says like, I mean, I didn't go to sleep basically until about 10 minutes before you finished doing the stream. And she goes, for the most part, it was fine. But then there'll be times when I would just hear, Luke, 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 because I'm like, I was trying to buzz in for something. <laughs> like an excited Pokemon saying its own and name. Like, and I was like, was that the bit I was loud on? There was no other bit. She was like, no, no, it was just you shouting your name. And I was like, not the singing bit. She was like, oh yeah, and the singing bit as well. And she said, I'm also going to hazard a guess. It was a new metal song from the late 90s or <laughs> early 2000s because of yes. the way you sang it. <laughs> no, that that's just 2010s WWE entrance music too. Uh, this is remarkable, uh, folks, because I don't know, Luke, Luke Warm, Luke Owen hasn't really spoken about his house that much because he likes to project this false image that he's a man of the people when actually he has a Xanadu-level compound in <laughs> Kent. And it's, you know, sprawling. It's got three different wings. Most people have an east and west and wing. He has an upper wing wings. as well. He's got an upper <laughs> it's wing. Got, it's got two floors. Like, it's, you know, I've got, I have a, I have a t master suite in the third floor of my house. So when he says, sorry, easily confusing again. When he says house there, he means the workers shed for the staff at the end of the second <laughs> garden. Because the main oh my house. Garden's, my garden's not that big. No, although the shed, actually, my garage is massive. So I mean, I probably could put like, you know, it's like a, a decent sleeping quarters in there. Like the shed, oh. like the garage is probably about the size of my master suite. So yeah, it's very wide as well. Look at the Luke, 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 Luke You should not have told me you've got a big empty garage. I'm filling that son of a bitch up with merch, merch <laughs> that you will ship out. But no, no, the, the long and short of it is, folks, Luke has an enormous house. So it's really quite something that his wife heard him. Uh, through all of those walls and floors and different rooms. What we figured, what we figured during the Rumble reaction is because at the moment we're not in the master suite that is on the third floor or second floor, depending on how you count ground mm. first and second or first, second, third. Um, we're not in there at the moment because the bed that we've got, which, I mean, just to add more fuel to Ollie Davis's Lucas well posh fire, is a four-poster bed because that's my, that's my wife's bed from her parents' house. Like that's the bed that she had with like during her teenage years that we're going to inherit and like we're going to bring into this house and have it our master suite, but because of COVID and everything, um, we didn't go back for Christmas. We haven't got that bed, so we're actually just sleeping in the guest room that's got an ensuite because it's you know it's pretty wicked. Like when people come to stay, they'll have their own special ensuite, and that room is directly above the living room. So I think that's why I felt like louder to uh, to my wife while I was during the rumble reactions, particularly when, you know, big things happened. But she did say I was quieter when I was in bedroom four, which we are sort of classifying mm. as the office. So which is, it? you know, it's actually on the same floor. Soundproof that some bitch. So wait, wait, wait. Before we get onto the main show, your wife is mm -hmm. short. Yes, very short. And I would I would imagine she would have been shorter as a teenager. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, for the record, she is under five foot. So she had a bed that's large enough for a married couple to sleep in in their master suite as a teenager. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Why was her bed so big? I don't know. Like, just like she just had like massive, she just had this massive bed. I will She's say got a massive though, bed. <laughs> It's just got a massive bed, mate. I will say, like, I'm not that tall. I'm 5'11", right? I'm 5'10", even. But, like, I guess the way that I sleep, my feet, like, point outwards. My feet mm. always, like, my toes hang off the edge. 
of uh, of the bed. Like I feel like of standard beds. I, if I was any taller, I'd be very uncomfortable. Do you put your head on like the bottom half of the pillow? No, no, I'm like oh, right wow. at the edge on like the top end. But like I guess my feet just like stick like right down. Like it's like you know like I'm pirouetting, <laughs> like a ballerina point. <laughs> exactly. Crazy. Right. Anyway, but let's get into the AEW show because boy howdy, lots to talk about on this show. The wrestling landscape is changing again by All Elite Wrestling. Here is the show. The Forbidden Door is open, New Japan, to AEW confirmed. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Cohen. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast, where you can not just watch us on WrestleTalk, also head over to the WrestleTalk Podcast channel, because in two weeks' time, folks, we're moving all these videos exclusively over there. But now, let's talk about last night's finish to Dynamite, the Beach Break special episode of AEW, kind of like a mini pay-per-view TV special event, which was a bloody fun show anyway. Very varied, as always. Something for everyone to enjoy. The main event has insane levels of star power with Kenny Omega, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson versus Pac, Ray Phoenix, and John Moxley. The heels win. They're beating up Moxley. Lance Archer runs down, chases them off. Mox is standing tall, and who should run through the crowd but a masked figure? He's got a hoodie on. He's going to hit a go to sleep. No, it's not CM Punk doing an indie show spot. It's Kenta Hideo Itami for you NXT fans. A lot of people I saw didn't know they were the same guy. They were like, oh, yeah, that guy did look familiar. It's Hideo Itami from NXT. I wanted to reach through the screen and assault them. But it's <laughs> not that bad. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's not that bad. Uh, fun hair, though, that he's got, that bleach bond look. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. He's taking a bit, uh, bit the of Adam Bond Cody's book. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's actually so, a better show, isn't it? So there we go. We've got the forbidden door has opened. And yes, so this is. I mean, this was pretty huge. Like when we woke up this morning and we watched the show and actually when people were watching the show last night, this was just like, oh my God, Kenta is here, which they've kind of like, you know, they set up because Moxley appeared at the a New Japan show recently to set up their US title program. A US title program that essentially has been delayed because of a global pandemic has meant that people aren't able to travel. But Kenta lives in Orlando. So they were able to do some stuff here while you know he's in the US and New Japan are doing some of their US stuff. And they have got a match coming up that they need to promote. And this is how they're doing it. So that's kind of like where I think most of our heads were at when this show ended. Until Dave Meltzer was on Wrestling Observer Radio. And I've got the full quote here. So this is Dave Meltzer's report. The deal is done. The sides have a working relationship. The pandemic probably sped it up, but slowed it down at the same time. When AEW first started, New Japan had no idea how successful they would be. They didn't think it would be anything. They big-leaked them, and they were wrong. Then they need John Moxley. They could have stripped him of the title, but they didn't want to. The only way to do it was to do it here in the US, and the only way to do it here was through Tony Khan, so they opened the door. 
I knew that once Harold Mage was done, the door would be open, and it did open. We'll see what happens from here. Well, yeah, this is the thing. So, of course, Moxley returned over the weekend to New Japan after, like, a year out, I think, because it's the new beginning match that they have in February, uh, Kenta and John Moxley. But that was actually shot a month beforehand behind closed doors. Uh, and, yeah, I... Uh, I didn't expect this happening now. I even thought on this show because Pete messaged me. He's like, I won't tell you what's happening, but mm -hmm. you might the, the Wrestle Talk news headline might have to be that today. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm sitting around and thinking, what could it be? Because I, I already know something big's gonna happen. Of course, my mind immediately goes to CM Punk. And then I downscale a little bit and I think, okay maybe a Carda shows up or some New Japan involvement. I couldn't really think of anything that would be so big. And th throughout the course of the show, I got myself thinking, ah, oh, man, I wish they'd wait until fans were back, though, to do this sort of stuff. So by the time it happened in the main event, and it was Kenta, and they were furthering the John Moxley feud, I actually, I, that's totally fine. It's not a Carda. It's not like the big stuff that you want to save. And but it's a pre-existing storyline that can sort of play out between two different promotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry, you were breaking up a little bit then. I wasn't sure if you had finished. I didn't want to talk over you. I have finished now. <laughs> you have finished now. Um, yeah, I mean, so like Meltzer added in this that, and I thought this was absolutely fan fascinating. Without the pandemic, this relationship would not have happened because... Mox would have just been able to go to Japan and defend the title. Mm. It's all because he's the champion and they need to have him defend the belt and they don't want to strip him of the belt because they want to continue working with him. If people weren't grounded in the countries they're in, this relationship would have you know, happened, but it would not have happened as quickly as it has done. And Brian asked, uh, Brian Alvarez asked, is it more than just Kenta? And Dave said, the answer is pretty much yes. I know people who cannot wait to go back to Japan. Let me put it that way. And when the subject of Akada Tanahashi, he says, at the moment, they can't. But when this is all over, which won't be anytime soon, yeah, they will. But what New Japan could do is basically send some of their young lions over as an excursion and do, you know, basically just have them work dark matches or stuff on like dynamite, like low level stuff on dynamite to get them some more experience. And this is another quote here. Once the pandemic, once the pandemic is over, is there a possibility they could do Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi at the Tokyo Dome? Once this is over, yes, there's an absolute opening. Could they do it in Madison Square Garden? Yes, they could. And so this and is it. Like, this is officially now AEW and New Japan are working together. The forbidden door, the thing that we all said was best for business a year and a bit ago. And, you know, New Japan just sort of carried on regardless. It's fascinating that it, it took the departure of the top backstage official in the company, the CEO, Harold Mage, and a pandemic to make this happen. That's ha like, to me, that shows it's great that it's happening now. But for those two things to have to happen in the first place, shows how bad the blood was before then. Mm -hmm. um, but we are joined. Am I, is, is my connection better okay now? Your connection's much better now, yeah. It was just a, it was a tiny blip, mate. You're absolutely fine. Um, we uh, at WrestleTalk, our resident New Japan expert, is Tempest. And 
it's his week off this week, so unfortunately, we totally got him to come in. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, my boys. The forbidden door is open. I could not be more excited. So there's also been this breaking bit of news. It was announced at the top of the hour. New Japan had this pre-announced thing that they were going to reveal. What was it? So New Japan has announced that they've partnered with Roku, which uh, is sort of like a channel on a bunch of like smart TVs and something like that, where they are now producing a new one hour show on Thursdays for the US, Canada and the UK. So that's pretty cool. That will help them obviously grow a bit more of a fan base. And this coincides very nicely with hopefully a bit more of a US involvement now with AEW. Uh, it doesn't seem like the two are in, are like connected at all, just more of like a happy coincidence that the timing really lined up this way. But it's it's pretty exciting, you know. It gives people another way to watch New Japan because we kind of know that just airing a one-hour show in the U.S. on their own streaming service isn't necessarily the way to grow a fan base. Like, it's a good show. People can watch it if they know about New Japan, but you're not going to learn about this show if you're not already a subscriber to new Japan world. So having this new show on Roku is hopefully going to be a really big step for them. And what, like what's going to be on that show? Do you reckon? Because I remember back when they had the access TV deal, they'd sort of do a compendium of the best matches recently. It's not like a raw where they're putting on, here's an hour of new matches. I've always, and I think a lot of people coming into this, Uh, If you're not that familiar with New Japan or only watch the big shows like I do, it is quite a frustrating promotion to keep up with because I can never quite figure out. Obviously, I know the big events. But so how do you see this working with that? Well, it, like you said, it will be interesting because New Japan doesn't operate the same way as your average weekly U.S. based wrestling promotion. You know, your average wrestling promotion would have week to week storylines, a lot more singles matches, you know, a lot more promos and interviews and that sort of thing. And New Japan doesn't do that. They have their big announcements of this is the next big show. And then you really don't need to watch the shows that build up to that, because for the most part, there might be like a few character moments here and there. But it's just going to be a bunch of like six man tags, eight man tags and everything. So it's not super enticing. So I think if they want to have like a successful show for an international audience, they may have to change up that formula. And whether that means singles matches on a more regular basis, which I don't I don't really see happening because that's part of the charm of New Japan is they don't need like big stipulation matches. Their stipulation matches are the singles matches because you don't get to see two stars facing each other on a nightly basis. So, well, but, but that's how WWE operate too. You know, you, you have the Hell in a Cell match and then you have the hardcore match. You build to the singles match. <laughs> I'm being facetious. No, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, what I was going to ask another question is, you know, I, I know mostly about the current Bullet Club status or ill will towards the US Bullet Club, which aren't really a bullet club, I suppose. They are, they call themselves the elite or the super elite. And what was interesting about using Kenta here wasn't just the Moxley interaction to build their feud, but he essentially saved Kenny Omega, a former bullet club leader. They are 
faction mates because Bullet Club is 444, 444 life. And afterwards, Omega, in this post-match promo, sort of after the show, it's only on Twitter, said, well, I'm cha- me and Kenta, we're challenging Moxley and Archer next week to a lights-out tag match because Kenta isn't signed. It would have to be unsanctioned. And Kenta is like, F off. I'm not your friend. So where, where, how do these two versions of Bullet Club coexist? Well, I don't think that they will necessarily coexist. If, again, it all depends on the pandemic, because while this is very exciting, obviously we can't get the full Bullet Club to come over and feud with the elite or anything like this, because long-term, now that this is a thing, my dream match here is to see some version of the elite versus Bullet Club in a Blood and Guts War Games match. And that could be the big Blood and Guts match that we never got to see in the first place. And just imagine, like, all the bad blood that built up over the last three years between, you know, the Tongans. Jay White can be involved. Obviously, the Gorillas of Destiny against the Young Bucks was a great match, and we can see that again. So all these sort of things, I think, will now be built up over the next few months and obviously there's no like real end date in sight because you know the pandemic is so uncertain but having that as like a far off goal that when we can get everyone back over to do that feud oh man is that exciting to me and i yeah i think you can see that in like Tamatonga in particular is like you know he's he's been working this for quite some time now like he has essentially been waiting for this day well that well that's it is like is, is it is it working or is it just him being a miserable beggar? you know I think, he's, <laughs> I think he's pissed off yeah but yeah so I think they've been building to that thing I think that there's certainly something down the line uh, a question I had actually and this might be uh one certainly for the chat might be one that you guys might be able to help me and it's uh, a question also came in here which is um can I watch a Roku channel without a Roku that is a good question I can try and find the answer to that very quickly um because I don't know if you actually yeah fact check that's me um <laughs> So, of course, like Roku does have a website uh, and everything. So I need to see if you can just sign up there and watch, you know, your different shows. It looks like you might be able to, although. Because I was because like the reason I ask is because like, you know, they've announced that it's for US, Canada and the UK. And like, I don't know anyone here in the UK that has got a Roku. I don't think I've ever heard anyone out, Uh, out, you know, within America, outside of America, uh, use Roku. I know a lot of people who have a Roku. Uh, It's also, yeah, obviously it used to be a bit of hardware. Now you can just install it as an app on a smart TV, just like you can Uh with WWE Network or Disney Plus. So it will be... I was going to say, I think in fairness, my TV is like 20 years old at this point. So (laughs) yeah, it's better. You've got one of the old CRT monitors. Oh, do you? As as deep as it is wide. The thick bars around the screen. Like it looks so archaic now. (laughs) Disgusting. Um, just before we let you go, Tempest, back to your week off of presumably just smiling loads now. What would your dream match be from this this working relationship? Well, see, that's like an interesting question, because when you say dream match, you would think I know, pat yourself on the back. You asked a good question. Um when you say dream match, your your mind immediately goes to a match that hasn't happened yet, mm. you know, because you know you you want to see something that's never before seen and 
all that sort of thing. But honestly, like the really big, important, exciting matches for me are Okada Omega 5 and, o- and Omega and Ibushi. Those are the two biggest matches that now this absolutely needs to happen. And I don't know how you do Okada Omega 5 because obviously they've done, you know, their long storyline where they've had, you know, the time limit draw and the 70 minute match and all this sort of thing that we all reviewed on Russell Talk Extra last year. So go check that out on our Patreon. But having that match on an AEW pay-per-view would be the biggest pay-per-view match they could book they would smash every record it would be the biggest non-wwe pay-per-view since like the heyday of wcw it would be the biggest thing and they said it you know dave Meltzer said this at length last year when aew or i guess two years ago now hey it's 2021 but two years ago when they were selling out these these you know major arenas that if they booked a big match like that they could sell out a stadium. And that is the biggest, like, if you have AEW putting on a pay-per-view in a football stadium, sold out with Omega and Okada in the main event, that to me is a groundbreaking landmark moment for pro wrestling as a whole. And I cannot see a future where they don't build to that. You saw it when, like, that's got to be happening, right? Sorry, Ollie. You saw it when AEW, well, pre-AEW, put on All In and, you know, they sold out the 10, 12,000 seats. And that's when a lot of companies, TV production companies, networks, Tony Khan went, hello, money. <laughs> and, and I think, like, they're at that level now and they've been at that level for a while. Like you said, if you put on a stadium show like that, that's another echelon of people. That another time of, like, type of big time just producers who see that sort of thing and just go after it more. And it's only good for AEW. It's great for TNT as well. Like what a bargain they've got on their hands mm-hmm. doing that deal. We all, we all thought, Oh, good, good deal for AEW at the start of last January, securing the time up like that. But now I think TNT is going to be pretty happy too. They're um, going to be we, so excited. Yeah. yeah we've got, uh, we've got loads of uh, hyper chats, Omega chats, sorry to get to. So have a just good just one last thing. Uh, the Silver Surfer uh, has popped in to let us know that you just need to set up an account uh, for Roku. So question mm. answered. Nice. Bye-bye, Tempest. Adios. Bye, Tempest. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Bye, bud. What a nice I thought guy. he was going to say Suzuki versus Orange Cassidy. Well, we nearly got it, didn't we? At, um, I know, but uh, we Bloodsport, didn't. Like last year. But yeah, like, but I still think that that, like, I, I kind of agree with what Tempest was saying is like, when you think of dream matches, it's matches that, mm. you know, a couple of years ago didn't seem like they were a possibility because like that, that New Japan AEW door did seem to be closed. Whereas Suzuki Cassidy, no, is still very much a reality because we were supposed to have got it last year. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everyone, it's Luke Owen here from the WrestleTalk podcast, just letting you know that the video versions of the WrestleTalk podcast is now on a new and exclusive home. If you've been watching the WrestleTalk podcast video version uh, for the last four years, you'll have known it was on WrestleTalk, but because of YouTube algorithms and uploads and blah blah views etc etc we've been instructed by some very very smart intelligent algorithm boffins that our uploads are kind of like they're butchering some of the plays so what we've done is we've now moved the rest talk podcast off of wrestle talk and are putting it on an exclusive youtube home wrestle talk podcast nothing else is changing you're still going to get your pay-per-view reviews raw aew smackdown the magazine show with myself and denise if you do watch the video version of these podcasts by the time Elimination Chamber rolls around, it will only be available to find on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Don't go to WrestleTalk, you'll only find the WrestleTalk news there. WrestleTalk podcast channel. But if you just search for WrestleTalk podcast, you should still be able to find it. That's all from me. Thanks everyone. Enjoy the rest of the show. Let's see what you guys all thought on the Omega Chats. Get your Omega Chats in to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Leon Quashi, AEW establishing itself as the global wrestling center. We've got Impact, NWA, AAA. Then we've got all the Joshi promotions, TJPW, Seedling, Marvelous. Uh, this is what happens when you get a, T- a TEW-loving fantasy booker a money mark in charge. Yeah. Pretty much. He's doing like, it for is, us. This, exactly. I mean, this is what Tony wanted, like, from the get-go. Like, and this is what, you know, kind of like what the old Territory days were. It was promotions working with other promotions and sharing talents to make the big, the best shows possible. Triple H said it loads last, uh, like, a couple of years ago. Localized globalization. 
forgetting mm-hmm. the fact that you can't really do that with WWE, that this is actually the pure version of that vision. Well, you can. You just, you just make your own promotions and then you mm-hmm. work with them. Or you buy a promotion and then, and then work with them. Stephen Guzman, give me Minoru Suzuki versus Pac, the King versus the Bastard. Give Kingston his dream match against Tanahashi. You don't understand the massive pop I had seeing Kenta and all the dream matches in my head. You guys rock. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Uh, Reese Johnson. Yeah, go on. Reese Johnson, afternoon, lads. Love waking up on a Wednesday knowing AEW and NXT are going to be great. Hope the invasion of Bullet Club happens. Will be ace to see and Edge going for NXT Championship. Him versus Balor or Dunn at Mania would be a fun watch. Have a good day, lads. Do you know what? We had a hyper chat in on Tuesday saying, like, you know, do you think Edge could go for Finn Balor? And I, I essentially sort of poo pooed it being like, no, nah, it's going to be Roman. You know, they were basically like, do you think Dave could be wrong? And then the, the, what's the next thing that happened? He goes down to NXT and tees of the matches. So, yeah. So, I mean, I will I will have some humble pie thinking that it wasn't going to be, you know, a case like that. But I still think it's Edge Roman. But I, oh, yeah. you know, I applaud WWE for doing the tees nonetheless. Good Dharma. Meltzer said the COVID kind of speeds up the relationship with New Japan. Tony Khan had to approve Kenta fighting Mox for the US belt on US soil since Mox can't defend the belt in Japan and Kenta lives in the US, but the door is open. I want to peek so bad. It's like that scene in The Godfather where the doors just (laughs) fly. And we've had a glimpse of the deals behind the scenes. Gabriel Caruso. Hey guys, that wedding was not entertaining. But the Kenta debut made me squeal like an effing mark. This episode was conflicting. Hope you all are well. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. We'll talk about the wedding segment later. Skullified reacts. I need Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. Kota versus Omega. Wrestling is so effing amazing. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. I've got to be honest. I'm not, like, I didn't come out of this thinking, oh, I can't wait to see Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. Because it's not, mm-hmm. it's never been something that's really grabbed me. Um, okay. A bunch of heels versus a bunch of heels. It's yeah. cool, but like it's a filler to the the true feuds, right? Uh, so what I wanted from this was the Bullet Club to just kind of establish an interpromotional gang. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I am into the idea of Bullet Club versus Bullet Club because what I quite like in all of that is essentially it's it is heel versus heel but it's people picking sides it's like forcing the fans like which side of bullet club are you with are you with us the super elite or are you with new japan's bullet club kind of making fans to like you know decide between the two i think that's that's quite fun in a way I don't think that's the story they've been telling, though. I think the story they've been implying. No, no, no. Is... I, I, I mean, like that—that's the story that you can tell. I, I, yes. You're right. I don't think that's the story they're te- That's absolutely not the story they're telling at the moment. I think a much more fun route would be Bullet Club's all on the same page. They run roughshod over every promotion there is, and all the promotions have to band together and put together a super team. Mm. Yeah, uh, like the call them the Alliance. <laughs> Leon Quashy again. The forbidden door creaks open and out stomps the cutest in the world, Maki Ito, swearing like a sailor. The wrestling community stands by, ready to simp. Dark horse pick for the Japan side, Benny. AEW's women's division wins no matter who wins. Yeah, that AEW women's tournament sounds like that's a really interesting development as well. That was a really, really mm. cool like roll call of all the people that are going to be in there. Abortion reborn. Mox's cell ruined the whole angle for me. Oh, I didn't oh, really uh... notice that. No, I've always really enjoyed Mox's selling of things. So yeah. 
Matthew Robinson, Kenta debut, can't believe the forbidden door is opening. It's really happening. First thought of top match you want to see from both companies. Also, what will be the best four-on-four match for these companies? Four-on-four is tough, isn't it? Because you kind of want to have Kenny and you want to have the Good Brothers, but then that also means you've only got one space left. And you're like, well, I want the Bucks in there as well. Mm. Um, maybe just Nick Jackson? But then I was like, well, no, because I want, I want Matt there too. And I don't want it to just be Matt. I don't want it to just be the Bucks and Gallows and Anderson. Four is difficult. Uh, just some lineup of the inner circle versus, uh, oh, I guess Lij is a bit disbanded now. I don't know. I'd have to give that more, Did more you see, thought. Um, da- uh, Evil Uno um, tweeted out, "Bring, give me Lij," or like, "Bring me Lij." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dark Order versus Lij. Let's do that. Christopher Jazzcat, he's back. I'm so glad I can swear on Ultra Chat because holy effing S word, I'm going to censor you, Jazzcat. Kenta, he was amazing back in Ring of Honor. He is great in Bullet Club. It was awesome to see him and Omega in the ring together. Give me an angle between Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page. Someone tweeted me a picture of um, Tanahashi doing a promo. This was like quite way back when, when he was essentially saying that Hangman Page is too good to be in Bullet Club. And like what he needs is like an ace to to save him. And someone tweeted me that being like, could you imagine if this is like the conclusion of it, that it's Tanahashi is the man that comes in and saves him. Uh, King Step. Remember when Mox was attacked backstage just prior to the Omega title match and Kenny didn't admit to it, called that it was Kenta back then, just waiting for the confirmation. I think that's what a lot of people figured that it was Kenta, yeah. Nate S. When Kenny ran up to Kenta, he said, Brother Switchblade didn't tell me you were coming. I missed that in the promo, but yeah, a few other people have pointed that out. Of course, a reference to Jay White. Makes me think he's been in talks with him, and Callus was laughing like it was his plan when Kenta attacked. They're working me too much, lol. Yeah, maybe, I, you know, we've had this discussion over and over again, like who is pulling the strings? Is it Kenny and Callus, or is it just Callus who's pulling all of the strings? Is Callus the one who's, you know, brought in Kenta and he's been talking to Jay White? Who knows? The invisible hand job. Well, I'm happy. I'll have an invisible hand job any day if this is the result. Siring, Siren Goddess 034. That forbidden door feels pretty blown off the hinges now. <laughs> You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Uh, I get it's a storyline for the IWGP United States Championship, but I'm currently working myself into a frenzy. And you're absolutely not, because there's much more to this than just that title. Uh, I do think, though, that they should hold off on a lot of the interpromotional stuff for months and months and months. Yeah, like, absolutely. This, yeah, if anything, this came too soon because of well, the United it, States because... title. Well, that's it. Yeah, like it's done before that title, and also because, like, as Meltzer was saying, if you can't travel, then you can't do like there's a car does not going to be on Dynamite next week, like, and he's not going to be on TV next month either, or even in a couple of months' time, or even a couple of months after that, because we are still in the middle of a global pandemic that is only just starting to slow down, and we're still quite a ways off from it being like mm-hmm. donezo. So yeah, it, it, I, I think while it is fun to kind of like book all of these like tree matches and stuff, I think we do have to kind of temper expectations that it's probably not going to, it may not even happen this year. Like it probably is going to be something into 2022 thing. Yeah, as it should be as well. Uh, yeah. I'll just do a few more because we've got loads of hyper chats and, you know, an actual episode of Dynamite to review. <laughs> yeah. Good Dharma. I'm not much of a talker, but I'm around a lot. Boy, oh boy. I'm waiting two years for that day. I'm so excited. OMG, and whoever said I can't get my expectations that high, too late. Tempest isn't <laughs> helping. Oh, sorry, <Nathan>. mate. 
Nate S. Took my lady partner to Dynamite, her first wrestling show last night. Felt like an idiot trying to explain why I was so excited for that Japanese guy at the end. How do you guys do it? Crying with laughter emoji. Simple answer, Nate, is I don't. I, I, I let that ship sail a long time ago. Yeah. The Jam One Ryan B. Jam. Remember when I fantasy booked Super Elite versus Mox, Aldis, Penta, Swan, and Abushi in a blood and guts match, and you said that would never happen? Well, with Kenta showing up, we may be just one step closer to it, and I can't wait for it. Yep, yep, we are one step closer to that that very specific match. I mean, there's there's a forbidden door, and then there's like breaking through the panic room in the back, <laughs> which is what you're talking about. Matt Dennis, hey guys, been a while since I've been on. I was doing some army training for the last five weeks, and what do I see the week I get back? Kenta on AEW? My God, what did I miss? Imagine if you, you know, you did that. What's that brilliant Brendan Fraser film with Christopher Walken? Um, oh, um, oh my God! I know what you mean. Where he's like, he his family went into the bunker in the sixties, yes. and then he comes out in the nineties, and he's like, you know, time a, a kid at a time. I can't remember which what the film's called, but I know what you mean. That film. If you went into a bunker that had no Wi-Fi at the start of the pandemic. And then you came out and freaking stings on AEW and Kenta's just shown up and the good brothers are there, but they're the impact tag team champions. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Oh, thank you, Gregory. Blast from the past. Thanks, man. <sighs> good, good movie. I love that movie. Right, it's Thursday, you know what that means, AEW Dynamite Review. Opened up, well it's the Beach Break episode, so you had a few bits of festive set dressing, there was a surfboard, there was a beach ball, but there was no Hawaiian shirts on the commentators. Uh, one out of five show, I think we could probably just wrap it up here, what was, what was the point lads, come on, you're not going to wear the Hawaiian shirts, why are we doing this? There were also no bikini wearing women. Well, do you know what? This is what happens when you do like, is it cold in, in like Florida at the moment? Because if it is, why are you doing a summer based episode like at the beach? <laughs> uh, but the opening match was the tag team number one contenders battle royal. Uh, it's a annual thing. Now it looks like the winner of that battle royal on Dynamite gets a shot at the tag titles at Revolution. That's how the Young Bucks got to fight Kenny Omega and Hangman Page in that best match of the year for me. Uh, last year at, at Revolution, and they the just had everyone was, in. The, the recap of that was super weird because there were fans there. Mm -hmm. Like, who, who are all those people? The, and who were all the people in this match? There were so many. It felt like there were. I don't. There must have been about twenty, twenty-five people in the ring. It was, you know, they just sort of everyone moved aside for everyone to do their spots. But we all thought the Bucks were going to win so they could choose the Good Brothers to face at Revolution. But actually, the Good Brothers kind of cost the Bucks the elimination and the Inner Circle official team of Chris Jericho and MJF won. Yeah, so it was kind of like a, a fun finish as well because they, it came down... To, I, I really like this stare-off because it was Jericho, MJF, and Sammy Guevara. And across the other side of the ring was uh, Jungle Boy... I've got the different down here. Uh, it was Jungle Boy and... Top Darius. Flight, yeah, it was Darius yeah. from Top Just Flight. Just say Top Flight. And, 
and Max Caster from the acclaimed. Mm. So it was like, it's the new blood of this tag division versus the inner circle, which I thought was like a quite a nice little setup. Probably, you know, it's not as good as the Royal Rumble 2018, but still it was a, it was a really nice little stare off. And in the end, it comes down to the three of them of Jericho and Sammy and um, Darius of Top Flight. And Sammy and Darius nearly got eliminated and Jericho in the process of trying to get Darius out kind of, accidentally eliminates Sammy and then he gives him the Judas effect and uh, to give the inner circle the win. But I thought it was quite a nice little finish to this. It was fun seeing uh, Legiosaurus run wild as well and just absolutely dominate everyone. So I thought this was a, a fun little battle royal. I'm not the biggest fan of battle royals because they can usually just be like a cluster F. You know, I was like, it's, it's what, 10 minutes long and I would probably say you don't need to watch like the final five minutes of it. But yeah, mm. it was fun for what it was. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's it's fun for what it was. It's like a good opener, um, but it's it's not what I watch AEW for. This is me being hypercritical. And while I I liked the two big story beats, which were Good Brothers eliminating Private Party when they were interacting with the Young Bucks because they're feuding over the Impact Tag Team titles, what I didn't like quite understand was how Nick Jackson suddenly got distracted by the Good Brothers doing that, being like, "What are you guys doing?" When I thought, but that's surely what you do now. Like, yeah, I, well, I guess it's, you know, they want to win on their own, maybe because, you know, they won it last year on their own, I guess. I, yeah, I, there were too many. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't quite like that. I just thought it was inconsistent behavior for what their act is meant to be. Mm. And yeah, yeah, it looks like we've, I, I'm into the idea of MJF and Chris Jericho going against the Bucks. I think that's fitting of like the sort of payoff to this inner circle official tag team storyline it makes yeah. sense they should then be going for the tag titles and we got a, a segment later on where they were celebrating in the inner circle locker room but sammy was not in a celebratory mood and he was like i mean you say that we're all into this together but it just feels like it's you and mjf and he storms out and jericho chases after him and then mjf goes i think it's about time that we had a chat and it's Wardlow to send the cameraman out. So this is MJF. Now he is planting his seeds for his takeover of the inner circle. Is that what you think's happening? Because I thought that, and then I was like, no, wait, he's trying to get Sammy kicked out. He's not usurping Chris here. Uh, which, which I think is the, that's the end goal, I think, Yeah, is to usurp Chris. But yeah, I think step one of that is getting rid of Sammy. What I love is that MJF is such a complicated character is that I don't think he even knows that's what he's doing. I think he <laughs> thinks, I think he thinks, well, you know, I'm part of the inner circle now and Sammy is bringing us down. I should get mm -hmm. rid of Sam. And before you know it, he will be the leader of the inner circle because that's just where his selfish actions are going to take him. I brilliant stuff. Uh, then we got a promo package of Jade Cargill working out. Made it look very cool and very impressive. Then we got Darby Allen and Sting coming out for an interview segment. And guess what happened? Team Taz I mean, interrupted oh, them. When they announced, oh, we've got a promo from Sting and Darby Allen. I was like, glad. I was, this is Control C, Control V. Like it is. It's, we've had the same segment now for two months at this point. And I'm, 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 I'm sort of, I'm, I'm done with this. If, you, if you've got nothing new to add to the story, then don't add it on TV. Like I get that you want to have Sting because he is a needle mover. But as we said from day one of Sting coming in, 
the more you have Sting on, the less special he is. And I think at this point, they're making Sting not feel as special as he was when he debuted at the, at the start of December. Totally. He just feels like a bit of the furniture now. And yeah. he's not hes not actually having any impact. No, um, no. But yeah, this was all to say that Team Taz are going to be ringside for Derby versus Joey Janela for the TNT title next week. And Sting said, well, I'll be there too. Sort of directly referencing how he's going to hit Ricky Starks between the eyes. It's going to be a good match. It's going to be a freaking scary match. Alan versus Janela. Oh my God. Yeah. On top of that, with the lights out unsanctioned match to main event the show, living the last time that Kenny and Mox had one of those. Britt Baker then took on Thunder Rosa in what has been, it was a match we were meant to get a, a month ago, but Thunder Rosa had to self-isolate because she came into contact with someone with COVID. So that almost worked in its benefit because it forced AEW to tell a much longer blood feud story between these two women. And this felt like one of the most like top five important matches for women in AEW history, just because it had so much attention and care around it. And I really liked the match. They brawled outside. Rosa hit a Death Valley driver on the entrance ramp. Rosa is just awesome how she keeps on going for stuff. Uh, but ultimately, Reba exposed the top, t- the middle turnbuckle. Britt rammed her into it and made her tap out in the lockjaw, but really she was unconscious anyway. So she, she's kind of protected in that heel shenanigans to win. Yeah, I think like Rebel getting in to take off the turnbuckle was a bit clunky because she literally got in the ring and like, you know, they had to like try and cover for the yeah. referee being like, oh, the referee's vision was distracted. And I was like, it, it can't be distracted that much by someone else getting in the ring and taking off a turnbuckle pad. If it was something that could have been done from the outside, it probably would have been more effective, but her getting in made it a bit clunky. That said, I've really enjoyed the match uh, and I really enjoyed these two working together. And it kind of actually, you know, it means the feud can continue which is interesting because both of them are in the uh, the tournament for the uh, the title and they're on the same side of the bracket. So you've got to think that that's going to come to a head at some point there. Maybe that's even your final. Yeah, that well, wait, they're on the same bracket side though. Well, yeah, but surely you've got to have a winner of the US and a winner of the... Uh, the oh, okay, like the semis. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I d- that's, that's the great... That's a great idea for this feud because you don't want to redo them from a blood feud perspective. Then it gets res- like repetitive. But if they meet again th- within the confines of the match format, like how AEW organizes their title shots, I think that's totally fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, really good stuff. Then we got Matt Hardy and Hangman Page versus Chaos Project of Luther and Serpentico. And, it, you know, this this was more... It was a match, but it was actually more a character arc angle for Hardy and Page, which I thought was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I had a, a segment backstage uh, that would have been filmed last week when Hangman essentially accepted Matt's offer, not to sign with Big Money Matt, but to use his locker room because, you know, they've got a long history together as they put over on commentary. One of Page's first matches was with, with uh, in Matt Hardy's Omega promotion. So they, you know, they're both Carolina boys, so they go back quite a way. Um, and Paige, you know, is just like, look, I'm just using the dressing room. Uh, I've got, I want nothing else. It's just, you know, it's uh, just thank you for the offer. And then like Matt essentially manipulated him into this match 
by using his affections for the Dark Order to be like, this is why we need to have a match together. Like, we need to take out Chaos Project because he tried to ruin Negative One's birthday. You know, you love the Dark Order and you love Negative One. So we really should team up together to take these bad these bad guys out. While at the same time being like, and then maybe we could all just join forces and you could sign with Big Money <laughs> Matter. That'd be great for everyone, wouldn't it? Well, he didn't do a good sell job at the end here because Paige won it with the buckshot lariat and then Matt just tagged himself in and stole the pin and then I mean, celebrated say, in a big way. I mean, you said that it worked with Private Party. He did that a lot for them and they signed I with it. So. Yeah, I, I didn't think Paige looked happy at the end of this. I don't really know where you go with Paige's character right now, but I'm super into it. Uh, yeah. I, I bet they've, they, like, they've always got something amazing for Paige to do next. I, 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 I wrote in my notes, it didn't make it into my review, edited review that Paige's character is becoming just like great Russian novel levels of complex. <laughs> I was gonna say I would wager that they've got the next 18 months of this planned out. Like they know exactly where they're heading yeah. with this. Oh yeah. And it's against Kenny Omega for the AEW title where he kicks out of the one wing danger and wins the belt with fans. Uh, after that we got the video package explaining the US and Japanese brackets for the the women's eliminator tournament, which is, yeah, really cool. Why is Rio on the US side? And why isn't Big Swole uh, in this tournament? Like, that was, uh, is Big Swole injured or something? Because it felt like she probably would have been in this tournament, but she's not. But yeah, and then the other side, it's like, yeah, Rio's on the, the American side of things, which felt very weird. I, it, mm. I was going to say, like, she's there because she's a former AEW women's champion, but like, you know, Emi Sakura challenged for that title. And she's on the Japanese side. So I don't know. Just it felt it felt very weird that she was. Whatever hap what like whatever the reasoning is, it's gonna be freaking amazing. You know when they did the women's tag title tournament last last year and we we're all like, I guess so. Like, you know, at least they're doing something with the women's division. And it was by and large pretty mediocre. This, like, I am legit excited for. I cannot wait. And it feels so nice because you, I, I, I don't like to find myself being like, ah, oh, well, it's, you know, it's good for the women. It's, it's good, like a good, a good place for the women to be in here and like sort of almost handicapping the women and my expectations. This, I'm as excited about this tournament as I am any men's sort of tournament that they could put on. So yes, well done, AEW. You're actually putting your money where your mouth is. Uh, so a lot of people are pointing out it's because um, Riho is now in the US. Apparently she's moving to the US as well, which is why she's on that side, which I find is is quite funny because the reason she's not been on TV in any of this pandemic era is because she's not been in the US. Now they're filming <laughs> stuff out in Japan. <laughs> and so she's gone from Japan to the US so she could film stuff here. Is that how it works? So if I move to what's a really tiny country, Luxembourg, I can then play football for Luxembourg. Well, if you get Luxembourg citizenship, like, you know, um, like Wade Barrett could now play for the American uh, soccer team because mm. he's an American citizen now, right? I think it's just thematically, it's a bit weird. I think Rio, <laughs> if, if they're going to do this, they should just frame it as AEW versus like best of, like best of Japan unsigned talent. Hmm. Yeah, that also works. Like an invitation yeah, it, thing. But essentially, the way this boils down to is that all the American uh, stuff is being filmed in America and all of the other side is being filmed over in Japan. 
very smart way of doing it. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll give it another look as well, I guess. I, I, I actually, I love it. Like, I think it's mm. going to add like a real, it's going to add a different level to it. And I, I'm super into that. Yeah. Can't wait for all the women's Japanese matches to be just put into a little video package because <laughs> it won't have the same production level. That probably will be what happens. Most likely, yeah, which will suck. I hope not, but yeah, hope, I hope not. You've got to be realistic, though, in those scenarios. I think that's probably the best thing to do because it sucks for the, the, the quality of those matches, but you've got to keep in mind that it's a nationally broadcast show and that, like, I don't know what their plans are to film in Japan, but it will be very difficult to have the same level as the TNT production crew. It's what NXT used to do with the the Dusty Rose Classic. Like when that was also, mm. it was on TV, but it was also part of the house show circuit they would do. They would just show like highlights of the, the house show stuff because they essentially filmed it on like VHS digicams and the, the quality was not uh, not that great. So they were just like, well, it's just a little video package of what the Vaude villains did in their Dusty match. And now we'll have an actual match that you can watch because we're filming it in a studio and it looks much nicer. A couple of guys were super eights just running around the <laughs> <Exactly>. ring. <laughs> Uh, after that, we got the Jericho MJF segment backstage that we've already talked about, where MJF had that little chat with the inner circle. Then we got a fun segment, and it's over. This is over now, I'm pretty sure. Kip, Sabian, and Penelope Ford had their wedding. It went about as well as you would expect. Uh, Orange Cassidy popped out the cake. Rusev Miro got shackled to the bottom turnbuckle and the best friends ran wild i mean as soon as they announced that this was a legit wedding like this was them it, this wasn't just for tv this was them actually having their wedding and it was going to be an official thing i was like well okay that means that we're most likely going to have an actual wedding portion and then they'll do the gimmick afterwards so the first part of this was just us being able to be at a, a wedding between two heel characters doing some heel stuff. And I marked out because Sinister Minister was there. So like, as soon as like, I panned down, I was like, is that James Mitchell? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. The Sinister <laughs> Minister. Yes, I love that. He's there so he can be a minister. Lovely stuff. Um, I absolutely enjoyed JR saying, everyone deserves at least one good marriage. <laughs> it's like, like a Jerry Lawler line. Mm. Um, but yeah, and like, and at the end of it, it was, you know, the usual wedding in wrestling shenanigans. Someone goes into cake, someone gets beaten up, and the baby faces stand all this and the other. It, it was what it was. Like, I wasn't massively into it, but I don't think I'm massively into this storyline. And I know you said, like, it's over now, we can move on. I don't think we can because we still have yet to have the match. And like, there's still matches to come out of this yet. The match might be good. Um, I just, yeah. This, this sort of has the same... We never got the bachelor party. Miro made a joke about that on as part of the promo that he cut. He also had a nice line about how he's been a, he's been involved in a few of these wedding segments before and they, did, they never went that well, which I, I, I did enjoy this segment because there was just so much to have fun with. Like you said, James Mitchell, Jerry Lynn walked Penelope Ford down the aisle. Uh, the... the Cassidy stepping up out of the cake was really funny. Miro attacked a box that was actually a red herring. There was nothing in it. But yeah, it's this 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 whole feud and storyline has been going on long, even longer than Sting versus Team Taz. And Sting versus Team Taz as is well past its expiry date too. And like it's it's a Miro need Miro can do so much more 
and he's this is kind of a weight round his neck at the moment. But yeah, I guess we'll we'll see where they go next. Hopefully they can wrap it up. Yeah, I will say that this segment was completely worth it though for the um what is love, baby don't hurt me stuff from the crowd, which on like I I have not felt like I was part of a British wrestling crowd mm. for quite some time. Like this felt like the most British wrestling crowd thing I've I've ever seen on an American wrestling show, which was awesome and by that i mean like not like the post wrestlemania roars where all the british fans go in and be like we're just gonna do our british wrestling fans <laughs> this was just an episode of dynamite but yeah it really felt like it was a british wrestling moment do you know what that song makes me think of what is that andy circus in black panther <laughs> you know when he's in the interrogation scene he's just like yeah. baby don't hurt me <laughs> no more um oh, you so you do the accent Oh, I can't do circus <laughs> doing a South African accent. See if we can accent. Um, cuttlefish. Cuttlefish. <laughs> I can hear people moving upstairs now. Too loud in this flat. Uh, the yeah, I I agree. That was a really nice, like, sort of natural interaction that Miro had with the crowd as well, where he, he mm -hmm. got them to sing along a bit more, and he was like, "Shut up! This is my segment." I was like. That's the that's the mirror that we love from Rusev Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get that, that mirror back. That's what we want, man. I mean, like, it, I like that he got the freedom to do that. But yeah, like, <laughs> I want that's the mirror I need. We got a clip from last Thursday's Inside the NBA, which had Shaq legit like doing a, I think a really good performance about how he was taking this seriously, how he's going to have the match with Cody. He's accepted. It's going to interestingly be on an episode of Dynamite like the sort of revolution go home episode the previous wednesday which makes total sense this is a tnt thing like they're doing this to promote shack and all the other tnt shows that aw cross over with so why would they put it on pay-per-view which isn't on tnt you're absolutely right like i wrote in my notes oh god it's weird that this is on tv this feels like it'll be a big time pay-per-view thing until i watched your review where you were like it's and you you know you said it's a tnt i was like of course, I'm an idiot. Yeah, that makes complete sense that, it, that it's mm. on TNT. A big, big match. I mean, like, and what a great way to do it. You have all those people tuning in. If they like what they see, buy the pay-per-view in five days' time. Mwah. And yeah. it's a Sunday as well. Like, in, it's in that WWE pay-per-view groove. The, the AEW is so, so smart production, like, business-wise. Yeah, and he got to show off some of his moves as well, showing that that Shaq Fu training really did pay off back in the 90s. <laughs> so it, you know, it's it, it, it's nice to see. He did the Judas elbow, right? He did the Judas effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So he says to his co-hosts, "I'm gonna do uh, Black Tornado, my finishing move." And he goes over to what what was so good about this is his co-hosts were kind of sniggering at him. The idea that mm. Shaq was gonna do professional wrestling. Ha ha ha! What a laugh. But Shaq was <laughs> Shaq was genuinely intimidating. Got up in COVID times, went round the plexiglass shields that he's not supposed to go near and hit a Judas elbow on one of them. And I the co-hosts were like, they, the co-hosts stopped. They were yeah. scared. I could hear, I almost hear some producers and some runners in like the, in, <laughs> in the, it's all like, producers should be like, sit down, sit down, Shaq, the class is there for a reason. The talent's on the move, the talent's on the move. <laughs> Uh, but I'm very excited for that. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, then we got Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston in a lumberjack match, which was just just bonkers. Hey, 
you want to see Lance Archer beat some people up and then do some dives onto loads of people and then beat up some people some more. And then one of the Butcher and Blade go through a table by a guy I legit thought at one point was Dave Mastiff. <laughs> like, it's back and I was like, oh, okay. It's not country. <laughs> like those guys. Yeah. And I was, I was like, I mean, it's, def it's definitely not Dave Mastiff, but bloody hell, it looks like Dave. And um, but yeah, this, this was fun. Like, I felt that they did it on this week's show because um, we didn't, like, a lot of people didn't get to see the Eddie Lance match last week because yes. the, the, the stream kind of failed for a lot of people. So they put it up on YouTube for free, but not everyone's going to go and watch the YouTube version of it afterwards. So kind of like a, as a make-do, you just put it on TV again the following week. So I, I, I totally get why they did it. And um, yeah, it was... It was, yeah, it was good, but I think I enjoyed the match more last week. But this was fun because it was, you know, fun to see Archer doing all of his dives and stuff. It was also a very nice way to quickly give Archer his win back because Kingston cheated to win the previous week. And that means Archer can now move on. This was the end of Archer and Kingston because Archer, as we'll talk about, is now in that main event mix, which is freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I, we'll talk about that more shortly. But this also had my spot of the night. Did it Jake now? hitting Jake lamping and Helico. Yeah. <laughs> so the camera just that you've got all the action in the ring. The commentator's like, wait, what, what's Jake doing? And it cuts to the side for no reason. The camera cuts midway through Jake, the snake Roberts, and then Helico falling to the floor after Jake lamped him. So I yeah. can only imagine Roberts got a little bit too excited because everyone else was buffing each other and he just had a little buff. And he like buffs him, and they both fall down, and you just see Robert's just tapping, being like, "Sorry, man, sorry." <laughs> I loved it. I thought it really added to the chaotic vibe of the whole thing, made it yeah. fun and violent at the same time. That's my favorite mix: fun and violent. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got FTR complaining about Jurassic Express getting them suspended it's because they weren't on this show. They were pulled from the number one contenders match like pretty late on. So I don't know if that was because, you know, when anyone gets pulled last minute for something, you, you, you sort of suspect reasons. But they did film a skit here with, with Tully Blanchard and they've kidnapped Marco Stunt, tied him to yeah. a chair. I really, I just love this this partnership of FTR with Tully. Like Tully cutting the promo, like it's not cutting the promo for them, it's cutting a promo with them. And I, I really enjoyed that. And then, yeah, the end of it's sort of like, you know, Marco stunts tied to the chair. So there's some, I thought there's some fun stuff in this. But it's that, it's that weird, I hope they explain what they've done with Marco stunt for a whole week. Because I hate it when it's like, oh, Marco stunts still tied to the chair when uh, Jurassic Express walk in which we get in WWE a lot. So mm -hmm. they, I'm hoping they've got some skits that they can show Marco stunt with FTR, whatever they end up doing. And the main event, which we've covered the angle, but oh my God, this main event, this six man, just like the talent involved, of course it's going to be an amazing match. And they exceeded my expectations. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Pac, Phoenix and John Moxley. Just them making their entrances, I was like, I, I, this is the best thing. This is so great. And it actually reminded me a lot, and it, because I've been sort of writing about it recently, is the Wyatt's versus Shields. 
an elimination chamber. You know, when both teams just made their entrances and the crowd was just like, oh my God, I cannot wait to see this match. And like, they're just trying to, mm-hmm. this is awesome before they even started. I kind of got that feeling again because I saw Kenny and the Good Brothers come out together with Don Callis and then Pac and Phoenix made their entrance coming out the same way as John Moxley. Then Moxley making his entrance, then bumping fists and stuff. And I was like, this is, this is incredible. I cannot wait to see this match. I cannot wait for these six guys to go at it. And uh, we put up the poll on uh, the YouTube community tab asking people what they thought about the show. We'll go through those results um, once we've done our review. But like, I would say a large portion of the comments were just like, I know it's early, but this feels like match of the year, like contender wise, like because, and like maybe that does sound like hyperbole, but dude, it was so good. Like Mm. it was so, so great. Phoenix was amazing. Pac was amazing. Omega was amazing. The Good Brothers were amazing. Mock, every single person in this match had their spots. Everyone looked brilliant. Everyone felt so much more over coming out of it as well. This felt like such a big time main event. Yeah. Yeah, it it was it was incredible. It was an incredible, incredible match. Uh, the heels won in the end, though, with a magic killer on Phoenix. Of course, he was going to take the pin, and uh, yeah, and that was it, wasn't it? So super elite yeah. win, and then we got the Kenter angle. Lance Archer ran down in in amongst all this as well, sort of really nicely put him alongside his his United States foe himself. You know, it was John Moxley and Lance Archer this time last year feuding over the New Japan US belt. And now Lance is teaming with Mox against Kenta and Omega potentially next week. Honestly, honestly, I forgot about I forgot about that again. And just saying yeah. it out loud, I just I start I started to have like this sort of astral projection. Like I was watching myself from the corner of the room. <laughs> An out-of-body experience. My God. Yeah, absolutely nuts. That next on next week's dynamite, we're getting Kenta uh, teaming alongside Kenny Omega. So that's, that's mm-hmm. two weeks of Kenny Omega matches at the start. But man, dude, like it was, I it, I was so excited by the end of this show. Like that six man main events anyway was just like I was just like just smiling to myself, being like, God, this is brilliant. Like I'm having such a wonderful time watching this match and making my notes. I can't wait to talk about this with Ollie later because it's going to be just us going like, wasn't this spot great? Wasn't this spot great? Then freaking Kenta shows up. I'm like, oh my God, like this is now just like, it's level. And like, you know, maybe I didn't like the wedding stuff. Maybe I wasn't massively into the the, the battle royal or the, the the rebel stuff within the Britt Baker match. All of that got pushed to one side where I'm like, yep, that was an excellent show. Absolutely loved it. Because <laughs> it's sometimes, as you often say, it's how you leave them folks and and they left me quite giddy i totally agree there's quite a lot on this show that i didn't love that much at all i thought was pretty mediocre but by the end i I can't stop thinking about it four out of four Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and going over to that youtube uh community poll it was uh 52 giving it the five out of five all of you with 34 giving it uh the four out of five aew sim like three to two to one out of five is below 10 percent for each of them so yeah this was a very much beloved episode by uh our subscribers i had yeah i'll do a few ketamine dan thoughts just very briefly because we've got so many hyper chats to do in the uh just remembered the freaking Patreon shout outs as well. And let me do a quick few. So Kederman Dan is uh is my friend. Luchasaurus channeling that abusive older cousin vibe at the family party. I think he's <laughs> nailed that. Is that what you would say it is? I suppose it is. I like, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I kind of get what you mean. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh that's funny. 
I had a heartfelt belly chuckle that Sting and Taz are feuding in 2021. Uh, Tony Khan should buy the rights to Thunder by ACDC for Thunder Rosa. Oh, hey, it's Luther, that weird guy that lives on your road that your parents always said was harmless. <laughs> uh, I wish I could speak to my missus like Kip does to Penelope. I'd get mauled in an instant. Poor Penelope. She knows nothing about the people of Norwich. <laughs> Norwich, or whatever they called it. Gallows is Gallows human. Is... Fight me. And finally, ah, I'm done. Kenta can't show up like this, putting people's quarantine hair to shame. The Violet Wash? Are you kidding me? I did actually love the crowd doing the ACDC thunder. Ah, yeah. ah, ah, ah. That was awesome. Great crowd. Let's do, before our Omega Chats, remember, get your Omega Chats in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll answer every single one of them. It's going to be a long episode today because all the stuff happened. Uh, but yeah. before then, thank you very much to our wonderful $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. We'll always mark out for Ollie Landrum. Woo! Very, very nice. The Roller Coaster, Robert Acosta. Thank you. I'll let you do this next one. Luke's favourite fan, the one, the only, the awesome Bubba. Thank you. Ronald Coleman, baby. Yes. Here's one of the all-time greats, the mayor of Painesville, Dan. Thanks, Dan. The blacksmith, Jason Smith. <laughs> Ryan, be bad. Oh, he's bad. Thanks, Ryan. The British bulldog, Philip Boy, J. Smith, Jr., Yes. Uh, Ryan Disco Stewart. Thank you. Uh, Shield Maiden, the Zornis. Very nice. He's a sexy man. Not an Andrew Gross man. And finally, the Rocket. Damn Van Sky. Thank you all so, so much. And in fact, actually, if you are one of our Patreon pledge hammers, voting on the poll for WrestleTalk Extra is now open. I did take a little screen cap of it before we came in. Leading the way is St. Valentine's Day Massacre from Ooh. 1999 with 28% of the votes. But in second place is NXT TakeOver Portland from last <laughs> year. I honestly huh. thought No Way Out 2000 was going to do much stronger than that because it's a show we talk about quite a bit. Yeah, currently leading the way. It's um, it's the debut of the Giants uh, with the Austin mm. McMahon cage match. I'd love to rewatch that. Uh, I haven't seen that in well, in my adult life. I don't think. Uh, right. Okay. Let's go through all of your Omega chats. Remember, get them into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Also, please, as a favor to us, just for this last moment, just for the last 15 or so minutes of this show, go over to the WrestleTalk podcast channel. The link is everywhere in the chat. It's the pinned comment. It's in the video description because this show will move over there in two weeks time. So if you go there, you can watch this exact same stream there right now. Hit the like button, subscribe, leave a little comment, and then you'll be in a good place when it all does finally switch. 
Doctor Doom says, also, because of the ending of last night's show, I went out and immediately bought a go-to-sleep club shirt. It's the one Kent was wearing. I woke up and I'm still giddy and marking out about last night. AEW really is the company to make you fall in love with wrestling again. Yeah, it's kind of why I, sort of, I think it bums me out when I see people being really down on AEW because they don't want to like it. And I'm just like, mm, and it's so much good. So you'll have a good time. Just accept it. Accept it into your hearts. You'll have a great time, I promise. Josh Razuskas, the forbidden door is open. I'm so excited. I can't explain the joy. I feel as an adult to genuinely not know what's happening next. Been on WrestleTalk Podcast all week, by the way. Yes. Of course you have. Josh Reality Man. Thank you. Tyler Woodward. I said this a few months ago. Kenta would turn up and I remember breaking Ollie's brain. This Bullet Club angle is like a perfectly made cup of tea. Not an Ollie made tea. A nice balance of a tea bag brewed perfectly and a splash of milk stirred with three three sugars. Uh, Three sugars, Tyler. Sorry, mate. You absolutely lost me there because you're right with a splash of milk. You need little soups on of milk, if anything. And he's just like the tiniest amount of milk possible. But you totally lost me with three sugars. Are you high? Why are you putting that many sugars in your tea do you not like tea brett j rasmussen one last omega chat lol but i watch AEW with a bunch of my friends and one of my friends is a new japan fan and he knows more about it than i do that's why we got tempest on so when kenta showed up and his jaw dropped this just shows how good aew is doing bringing all of wrestling together Absolutely. Uh, Nick Kitchen says, it was such a joy to watch AEW with the exception of the wedding and the Sting FTW repeat segment for the 100th time. Every bit was great. Once Moxley loses to Omega, who do you think will be his next challenger? It should always be Pentagon. Uh, Yeah, Pentagon will be a great shout. Phoenix, Pack. It's like there's so many people that could be positioned to face Omega. That's what Rich Swan over an impact right now. Freaking Abushi. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a card uh good dharma says uh good dharma my nickname just wanted to hang out with the boys after some sweet boom dynamite and brazilian so wrestling isn't that popular here but i feel at home with you guys thanks very much uh joey the tyrant hello gentlemen i don't know about you guys but i'm super excited for a sammy guevara face turn and a run uh do you think it's going to happen soon or is there more slow builds to be done by the way, the championship will soon be yours, Mr. Davis. Jam that jam. Yeah, we're all really excited about it. From the very first match he had on Dynamite, we're like, yeah. he's going to be a great baby face. I think by the middle of this year would be a good time to, to fully do it. Dan H, what a show. Amazing work and real feelings. Loved it from start to finish. It had laughter, amazing skills, and even a screw drop. Gotta love Quizzlemania. Also, <laughs> AEW broke the four-star rating last night. Time to jam that jam, because it's Thursday, and you know what that means. Uh, just a two yeah, more you, guys. You, I screwed you at Quizzlemania. You certainly did. I, was, so, I mean, you, you screwed me by not getting slow chemical. You guys are idiots. Just a two-ball guy. I'm so excited to see Yuka Zakitaki announced for the women's title tournament. I was sold on her from the very beginning. Cannot wait to see more of her. Well, I mean, like we were talking about in the show, I do hope we get to see uh, more of her in that in the Japanese stuff. Brett J. Rasmussen, um, well, happy birthday to me. It was my birthday yesterday, and what a show Beach Break was. The wedding was great, the main event was so good, and it's freaking Kenza. I lost my mind when he showed up. Quizzle Menu was great yesterday with Matt. Jam that jam. Uh, Kevin, happy birthday. Bit, happy birthday as well. Kevin says, a bit annoyed at the Dunism from the product who some important spots, especially Isaiah Cassidy diving into an empty pool, which could have been hilarious. 
I think that's just that wasn't a dunism. A dunism is, you know, overproducing stuff. If anything, AEW's team just missed it, which means yeah. they didn't produce it enough. So yeah. Keith Kutash, hello lads. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Always great to see your podcast after Dynamite. Such a fun time to be a wrestling fan. Uh be a wrestling fan. The path through the Forbidden Door will be an exciting adventure for the Wrestle Crew crew to walk down. Jam that jam. The Adnap 2, was anyone else distracted by the TV in the background of the Inner Circle segments? Yes, because it was showing the live feed of Dynamite, which was, of course, on like a 30-second delay. So when they walked into the room, it was playing Jericho and MJF in the hallway getting interviewed. Did it really? And then someone cut the feed, because otherwise it would have been an infinite regress <laughs> of just camera, 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 camera when they got into the, the room. Yeah, that... that I saw. Oh, I didn't spot that. That's hilarious. Uh, Siren Goddess uh, 034. I forgot to put in my previous Omega chat, but Maki Ito being introduced to the world officially and beyond over the moon, put she puts SRS to shame with her mouth. <laughs> jam that jam. Uh, and Austin Falco, the main event was fun, but Baker versus Rose was the match of the night for me. Loved how they kicked it into another gear after the commercial break in the back and forth, trying to get in and out of the lockjaw was awesome. Yeah, that was a really, really good sequence. Robbie Rudge. Hi, Luke and Mr. Davis. With all these partnerships AEW are forming, do you see a huge super show going on Mania weekend to rival WWE maybe next year? Maybe it's time to get on board, Vince. Well, I, th I think Meltzer has been saying that he doesn't think that it's a wise move because like, that's, that's, that's WWE's space, right? Like, there's, what would be the point of going over there to try and compete against it when what instead you could do is just do make all out your version of that? And like, and invite a lot of companies to put on shows around the outside. WWE will put a counter-programmed show across the road anyway. AW are now at the point. Sorry, AW now at the point where they don't they sh and they shouldn't be competing with WWE on WWE's home turf. That's WWE's weekend. Exactly what Luke said. They if if they're gonna have a mat like if they're gonna have a direct conflict with wwe it's wwe that's got to come to them AEW shouldn't be going to a wwe's door like that completely agree and like i also think as well wwe would just do their best do you remember like they try to shut down all the promotions who are doing wrestling shows around wrestlemania anyway and if, if it's AEW doing it they'll just do they'll just try even harder to make sure they're the only wrestling game in town that weekend uh dr doom everyone thinks kenny it's versus the Say dr again. doom it's me. Oh, sorry. Do apologize. You go, you <laughs> Doctor go, you Doom. Go. Everyone thinks Kenny versus Akada is the biggest match these companies can book. I'm sorry, but is everyone wants the rematch of the century? Colt versus the King of Pro Wrestling himself, Toriano. I mean, I saw an image today that was Moxley in the ring on his knees after his loss to Yano in New Japan, and just like it was like a faded image of Yano laughing, being like, "Some <laughs> matches need to have a rematch." <laughs> Sawyer, Meltzer suggested in the short term New Japan might send young lions to AEW as part of their excursion. I hope this means Shota Umino, aka Shooter, can show up to reunite with John Moxley. Their partnership was my favorite story of the 29G what? Yeah, like he's the sort of guy that you know you'd want to send over there. Someone like a Gabriel Kidd as well. Someone that can go there and just get some more experience. I'm not into this because I think AEW have way too many wrestlers as as it is right now but it's for, but it's for dark where they have like 28 matches yeah across a five i don't hour think show. 
I don't think Dark should be longer. And they haven't got a touring <laughs> schedule. Matt Ralph, has Luke got PTSD seeing all these handcuffs after the After Dark <laughs> podcast? Excited for the new Japan and AEW possibilities. Also, how do you think impact factors into this? Everyone join Wrestle Talk podcast channel for restaurant quality picture in picture. I mean, impact is it factors in the same way that they have done almost since the start of this. You know, Good Brothers and Cal like Callus is there. Like Callus is not going to let impact fall by uh, the wayside any of this. Uh, as for the, uh, the the handcuff stuff, like it, it, you know, it happened to me twenty know, nearly nearly twenty years ago. So like you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm okay now. Like it, I'd actually forgotten all about it until the question came up. Sawyer Naito versus Orange Cassidy Tranquillo match. The match would take 40 minutes to start as they slowly remove their entrance gear and get ready, occasionally laying down for a rest. Kevin, that's, that's Sting match, has yeah, been... That's a match I want in front of a crowd. Kevin, Sting has been misused, in my opinion. AEW has slowly fallen into WWE's territory of doing the same thing every week. Completely agree. Completely agree. Gabriel Caruso, here's the dream match. Kenny turns on the Bucks. Young Bucks need a third. Kenny and Good Brothers versus Bucks... And the Bushi at all out all need to be champions for this, of course. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> certainly not happening this year, but perhaps next year, yeah. Trevor Sivert, AW is doing an amazing job distracting us from the destination of Omega versus Hangman. We are all focused on Kenny collecting belts and makes us forget the obvious path in this story, and I mean it in the best way possible. Also, my last name is Sivert. Sivert. There you go. Sivert, Ollie. There you go. Trevor Sievert. Uptown Avondale, Ray Phoenix versus Hiromu Takahashi is Bloody now a possibility. Hell. Let that sink in. Throwing Penta Osprey, no charge. Hello, mate. I'm I'll have some of that. Descartes. So I'm excited for something that may never happen. Shibata in-ring return at an AEW New Japan event. We were actually talking about this on Quizlemania last <laughs> night after you all left someone messaging me and like, if you could have someone who could make an in-ring return, they suggest like Corey Graves. And I, I didn't really, I couldn't really think of many people until Tempest said uh, Shibata. And I was like, yep, that's the answer right there. Mm. Like if I could have one guy to be able to step back in the ring, yeah, it would be Shibata. Tempest turned up. Yeah, oh yeah, Tempest, like once everyone left, Tempest just showed up to, I think he did a fact check because there was a Simpsons reference that got missed by Andy <laughs> and Adam. So he, he popped in just so he could correct them. Good Dharma. Feels amazing to be an AEW fan. I used to get so pissed off with Vince's upside down world booking, but now I'm free. Have you guys to watch for me instead? In my defense, I'm Patreon and it's worth and it's the network money. You made the right choice. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Matthew Robinson says, uh, wow, it's great to be a wrestling fan with AEW going strong. One of the greatest Royal Rumbles in a long time. Do you think WWE is feeling any pressure to make right moves for fan service because of AEW on a high string of TV shows and pay-per-views? I don't think so. No, no. I don't think they're no. really paying attention to the quality, the, the ratings maybe, but not the quality of the wrestling. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Matthew Robinson also adds, uh, sorry, I missed you guys live at the Royal Rumble show. Wow, I picked a perfect Royal Rumble card. That Has uh, has that been done before? Can I get a yes, please, from Luke Owen? And a no, thank you from Ollie, from the real, uh, Matt, the real boss, Robinson, who is at the top of Wrestle League. No, thank you. <laughs> well yes, done, please. though. The well Rumble's the hardest card to accurately predict because there's so many options for winners. It's quite something. Dan H, do you think that New Japan will open up some space on their network for AEW and other companies, pay-per-view specials and whatnot? would be amazing, in my uh, honest opinion, to have all non-WW stuff on a bigger network. 
No, they've got too many masters to serve sort of sports TV deals internationally, like one of the most complex, expensive things you can negotiate. Plus, I don't want to have to go on the new uh, the new Japan network unless I absolutely have to, because it's a bugger <laughs> to use. It's it's not great, is it? Uh, Cameron Andrews, the real question is, what promotion isn't working with... Uh, well, I'm sorry, the real question now is, what promotion isn't working with WWE or AEW? Ring of Honor. True that. Although they are working with New Japan, so by proxy, are they working with AEW? <laughs> Uh, Chris Petrow, uh, do you think this year's G1 Climax tournament will include AEW talent as well? Maybe someone will quarantine beforehand and stay in Japan for the month. As always, thank you so much for all you gents do. That's the key to it. And this is what Meltzer was talking about. The difficulty is, you're in order to do this, you essentially have to take talent off of Dynamite for a month so that they can go over to Japan and then quarantine. And are you going to want to lose them for a month? Are you able? Are you able to? Are you able to afford to lose them for a month? And it's the same with New Japan. Unless G1 matches can happen on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, but like a bit of my Robin tournament. So like you still gotta mm. you still gotta have like like it depends on who's in the groups, I guess, or who's in the blocks. You, like, can you do AEW versus New Japan? Japan, yeah, that's block one versus block B. And then yeah, you just basically build to like the the, the sort of finals of it. But like that actually might be a way to work it. Like <laughs> that is probably the best answer you've got there. Well done. Because you know my prediction for this year was Kenny Omega wins the G1 Climax. I do remember, yes. <laughs> uh, CM Chris, hello, Luke and Ollie. Um, please, uh, people need to go follow Church of Joshi on Twitter. Absolutely, they do. That's Alex's place. Uh, if you want any, uh, everything you need to know about Joshi Rajasthan, they're doing an amazing job on Sundays. It was a real fun episode of Dynamite. Join the Luke order. Thanks, CM Chris. Sarah Sullivan, my little brother isn't very well. I'm not a wrestling fan, but I just wanted to thank you two for being his source of entertainment while oh. he was ill. Thank you very much, guys. It's a small donation, but if I could, I'd give you what I owe you a lot. Thank you. Thank you, oh, Sarah. Thank and you so much. So, uh, little Sullivan, what, whatever your name is, I hope you're feeling better, buddy. Yeah, get absolutely. Yeah, cool. We'll get through this together. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Wednesday is wrestling night. Great Quizzlemania. Love the Muppets impressions. And Matt was great. Shame Andy couldn't hit a 180, though. Uh, AEW and NXT. Amazing. AEW saw Edge to NXT. Uh -huh. And thought we raise you. Uh, and thought we raise you a Kenta. Cross versus Edge, though. Yes, please. Yeah, Edge was there teasing quite a heck of a lot of matches uh, while he was down there being like, maybe you and you and I'll have a match with you as well. <laughs> Charles Berg, is the Forbidden Door one of those sliding Japanese ones? You know, with, with the silhouettes. Quizzlemania was, uh, people got to take off their shoes. It's mm -hmm. the custom. Quizzlemania was lots of fun yesterday. I enjoyed seeing Ollie's face turn from disappointment to joy over my Batista question. Matt was very chill. He seems like a good dude. What a nice guy. That's all we could talk about. Like after he'd gone, oh. we were doing all this stuff. We were just like, what a nice guy. Like yeah. I, I think that he brought a, a really, he was so game to do the silliness that was Quizzlemania. And like that, it was lovely to see and lovely to be a part of. And he didn't bully me like the good brothers did. <laughs> Holopan. Just wanted to say thank you all at Wrestle Talk for entertaining us and helping us get through this horrid 12 months. Watching AEW makes me feel like I did when I was a kid in the 90s. Ollie screwed Luke. Join the other authority. You hate to say it. Yeah, I did. The Zornies. I see double shifts in Tempest Future to teach the boys how to pronounce the names. That's after Ollie has learned to say. 
Abaddon. Nope, wrong. Abaddon. Oh, for fuck's sake. Think Horseshoe. Abaddon. Horseshoe. <laughs> and because that might get lost in the mix with bigger things, that Jade promo and logo, great. Well, yeah, Cargill got a sort of logo. Yeah. It was actually like, I think it was probably the best job they've done in getting her over as like a mm. character. Then like all the stuff they've done in ring and like stuff with Shaq. I was like, this actually made her feel like a star. Brett J. Rasmussen. Also, everyone go and watch the WrestleTalk podcast over on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Aren't our viewers amazing? They're doing our jobs for us. Still watching this over there. And um, subscribe to everyone. And everyone go subscribe to the channel. Love you guys. Love all the stuff you guys make as always. Thank you, Brett. And finally, Keith Katach. Hey, hey again, fellas. Just watched the most recent Quizzlemania episode, and I only have one thing to say. Everything is coming up Millhouse. You're all welcome, apart from everyone who did not get it, which includes you, includes you Matt, and Andy. <laughs> I, uh, I want to tell you a very, very boring story that I find oh, fascinating. So, moving into my new house, um, making my cups of coffee. All of a sudden, coffee just doesn't taste that nice anymore. Like it tastes like soapy or like metallic. Sometimes, I'm like, oh, why is the why is the coffee tasting soapy? Try it with the tea. No, it's it tastes soapy again. I'm like, oh man. It's the water. Like we've got like hard water or something. And when we're boiling it, that makes it bad. But I don't think it is because we'll have squash from the tap and that's actually fine. So the water, like, and we boil water when we do rice and that's fine as well. So I'm like, cool. It's the kettle. Okay. So we're going to get rid of the kettle. We spent a few weeks over the Christmas period and into January boiling water in a pan because that's the way the Americans do it I because know. they and haven't they're... discovered kettles. I know and it's so slow. It's such a slow way of doing things um, because we couldn't get a ket the kettle that we wanted because of COVID, things weren't being delivered, things weren't in stock. And you want the app-controlled one that I keep telling we, people about? No, we, we've just got a regular kettle. We literally actually Why bought the exact you? same kettle we had previously. We, and we think the kettle was ruined because I was trying to like, I was um, doing like cleaning of it and like trying to get rid of the lime scale. And I think in doing so, I kind of wrecked the kettle a little bit. I think actually I was destroying the integrity of the kettle because water was leaking out of it. Um, so we did that. And then after a while, it was still tasting like metallic, still tasting soapy, even when we were boiling it in the thing. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's the pan that's making this. And then I would try it with some water. No, it'd be fine. Sometimes it wasn't. And it was just like, it was really starting to do my head in. There were other times as well where like the texture or the taste of whatever I'd cooked the night before in the pan was then in my in my coffee as well because it had like, the taste of like clung to the, the pan. Not particularly nice. I've had, I've had a bad month of coffees. Then I thought, ah, because we got a kettle, right? So we got a brand new kettle, trying again, still getting that taste. One what? cup will be fine. Another one will then be bad. So then I'm like, ah, it's the dishwasher because like I mm. put the cup in the dishwasher, wash it in the dishwasher, take the cup out, fill it in. Ah, now it tastes bad. And it's soapy because of the dishwasher. And I was gusted because it was my WrestleTalk mug as well, which is one of my favorite mugs, along with my under consultation one. I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to buy another away. one. Well, that's what I thought. I was like, well, can you use this one as a pen pot or something like that. Anyway, long story short, I've done some more experiments. I've now found the reason 
it's if I reboil the water, that's what makes it. So if I like fill it with like for like four, for like three cups of tea or whatever. What? And then I yeah. pour out one, and then I reboil it. That is what makes it taste soapy and metallic. But, but if why? I fill it with fresh I don't know. And I wanted to put a call out. If you're at this level, like you're one of the most dedicated people listening to this show. <laughs> to if, make it through that chat. And if you're into science, tell me why I don't like Mondays. And also tell me why I my soap my water tastes bad when it's reboiled. When it's boiled first, like I just I now just put in enough for one cup, for, like make my cup of tea, and then I just refill it again with new water, and it tastes absolutely fine. But if I reboil that water, it tastes nasty. You know the kids' book, The Twits. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, great book. And and there's that psychological warfare between man and wife where one of them like takes a little bit off the chair each day to convince the other person that they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger, stuff like that. Do you ever, I mean, do we want to rule out the idea that your wife is trying to psychologically destroy you by convincing you there's something wrong with the water? I am. I'm going to write this one off. While I love it as a theory, I am going to write this one off because what it has meant since we moved into this house is that every day I'm giving my wife an update on how the water is tasting, and I think she got to the point where she was so sick and tired of it. Like I think if it was a, <laughs> if this was a psychological game for her, she would have ended this a long time ago. She's like, I don't want to hear him talk about this his experiments anymore. Oh my god, it's you then! I've seen this movie, Luke. You're you're, you're Fight Club in it. You're going I'm like you're asleep. You're you're asleep, and you we know you sleepwalk, and you're going downstairs, and you're tampering with the coffee mechanics. It was me all along. Anyway, yeah, get in touch. Support at wrestletalk.com. But that is all we've got time for. I'm back tomorrow with the magazine show with Denise. Denise got her Christmas present from me in the post. So we're going to open that on the podcast tomorrow. Very excited about that. And then on Saturday, it will be Pete and Andy doing Smackdown. Till then, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.